Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. And as we open today, I'm asking for you to think back to March of 2020, right around then as the economy is starting to get shut down nationally, globally. And imagine you have a business that is 80% mall-based. What would you have done in that situation? How would you have addressed it? And our guest today is Benjamin Woodruff, and he shares with us how he navigated this exact situation. Benjamin is the co-CEO of Whoops Macaroon and Gifting, and he shares how his franchise system shrank by 50%, and it looked like it could be on the pathway to going out of business. However, in spite the current circumstances they were in, their average unit revenue increased by one and a half times. Ben shares with us how he and his company survived and thrived through that situation. You're going to love tuning into this interview. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Thank you, Tom, for having me today. Greatly appreciated. Uh, my name is Benjamin Woodruff. I'm the co-CEO and partner here at Whoops uh, Macaroons and Gifting. Uh, we're a young uh, emerging franchise brand and uh, excited to uh, talk a little bit more about our journey today. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, just for background here, what is Whoops? Give us a little overview on that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Whoops is a, a very fun, energetic uh, brand. Our main product line is the French macaron, um, a very uh, tasty, light uh, French pastry. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, which we'll probably get into a little bit more in the podcast, uh, we had a bakery here in New York City and we're making other products and importing various products uh, from around the world. But as we leaned out a little bit um, through COVID, uh, we wanted to focus on becoming, um, you know, the best uh, macaroon company in the world. And uh, that's, uh, you know, 95% of our, our product sales are our French macaroons. And we've tried to create, uh, you know, a, a great product and a very approachable brand as well. Yeah. Well, and thank you for sharing that. And what one of the things that when we connected, we actually met uh, out in uh, New York here and had a chance to connect over at a at a franchise uh, expo. And one of the things that stood out, what what you shared with us in your experience is you had this great surge of growth and experience that growth. And then, uh, you know, the coronavirus hit. And so uh, one of the things and why we wanted to have you on is talking about what happened, uh, you know, where you were heading, what were those positive things going on, and then what happened when that pandemic hit and uh, how it impacted your business, because it wasn't positive. And I'd love for you to share some of those trials and tribulations, because I think there are some great lessons in there. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think like looking back now, we're in the best position that we've maybe ever been in, which is pretty exciting. Um, I'll tell you, um, going into this, it was not a given that we would make it. Um, and I'll be just transparent and say part of not moving forward was on the table as a discussion point um, at the very beginning. Um, but, you know, we, you know, you know, franchising very well. Uh, not a lot of companies grow to 50 locations, even less grow to 100 locations. Um, we had qu very quickly grown to about the 50 location mark through franchising. Um, we have a really cool kind of small kiosk model uh, that fits in the malls. It's about a 
uh, five by 10 um, uh, space. And then we were also uh, franchising um, a cafe concept as well. Uh, our main product line, uh, you know, being the French, French macarons and uh, not a huge company, right? Um, about a 50 unit franchise system and uh, heavily based in retail. Um, 80% of our locations uh, were mall locations. And um, if you can think back to March of 2020, um, doing business in malls wasn't a very exciting place to, to be at that time. Uh, so, you know, we had to make a lot of tough decisions. Um, we owned um, through corporate partnerships, friends and family, some, some corporate owned locations here around New York City. Um, New York City was a ghost town. Um, you know, our landlord still wanted their rent, of course. And uh, so we had to make some tough decisions. We um, closed the doors on our corporate locations. Um, sort of an unprecedented thing to do in franchising uh, would be to, um, you know, tell your franchisees they're free to exit their um, franchise agreements uh, with little red tape, um, not knowing at all what the future held for us, uh, what directions we may have to go in uh, to keep the company alive. And, and so is that what you, sorry to interrupt, Benjamin. Yeah, so is that what you did? You let the franchisees out of their agreement? Is that what you're saying? We gave them the option. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We, uh, we, we did one-on-ones with everybody and uh, we were just very honest. Um, we said, we're going to try and create a plan to get through this. Um, we don't know. It, it won't in- include new franchise development um, based on where we're at. Uh, we don't know what the future of uh, retail and mall business looks like at this point. And, you know, we're going to have to try some different things. Um, we looked at three main areas. Uh, we looked at launching a wholesale product. Uh, we thought maybe trying to get into grocery stores with our macaroons uh, might be a good way to go, not knowing the length of the pandemic, et cetera. Um, we already did, um, you know, a lot of corporate gifting. Uh, so, Corporate gifting is huge. It's a $250 plus billion industry. Uh, we already had a lot of products in place for that. Uh, so we tried to accelerate our corporate gifting uh, sales as well. And the third main thing we did is, um, you know, we relaunched our e-commerce platform. Um, and we tried to increase uh, our sales through e-commerce, online orders, you know, things of that nature as well. Um, so to take a Quick step back. Um, we were just very honest uh, with our franchisees, and you know, we said um, if you don't want to continue the ride or try and f- figure out what this may or may not look like, uh, we understand, um, and we're going to fight to keep the system alive, which we did, and uh, we did. We had uh, you know, about half of them take that that option, um, and you know, I, I don't you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, it was the it was the right move for for each person's situation, whether to stay in or uh, to to go a different direction. And what it netted us was, you know, about a loss of twenty five of our locations and roughly fifty percent of our revenue. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that's a really uh, interesting approach. I mean, I I like your willingness to do that, albeit. Certainly was not probably an easy decision to come to, but but it's certainly a franchisee focused scenario. I mean, you you came in this looking at this from the vantage point of the franchisee and really making it 
giving them the the choice to make the best decision for their business and removing a contractual obligation out of it so that they could look at this and say, all right, well, what is the best for my business or my specific situation to make that move? And uh, I I really appreciate that. I think it gives your franchisees just that that comfort of, of making the move and, you know, about half took took you up on it and half stayed. So, so half take you up and go on that, but, but also half stayed. So now what, and <laughs> what happens then? Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, politics are different in different parts of the country. Right. So we go kind of back through this weird reopening thing where some things are open, some things are closed. Um, but we, we go, we go into this sort of reopening, uh, scenario, uh, some of our stores start coming back online and, you know, with franchise specifically, you know, we deemed it as uh, not deemed it, but, you know, kind of categorized it as uh, sort of technically like a non non growth channel, meaning we weren't going to add new locations. We, were, we discontinued franchise development. Uh, but w- what we did do is we we wanted to spend time fixing or growing um, the, the actual stores that we had and the people that kept fighting. Right. So we looked at really two main areas, um, Google reviews and average ticket price. And we just got really focused and just kept hammering those home and hammering those home. And so, you know, through the kind of the pandemic period, as we sort of reemerge here, uh, we saw, you know, an average ticket price in, in, in some of our stores that had gone up, you know, close to $10, you know. Um, we saw our franchisees fighting for Google reviews, uh, which went up substantially across the board, which helps with marketing and search and awareness. And interestingly enough, which we didn't forecast properly, franchise unit economics grew 1.5x, um, throughout the pandemic onto the other side of it, uh, which was kind of a very bright shining light that we, you know, didn't necessarily see coming or, or certainly wasn't the forecast that we had heading in, um, which is exciting. And uh, most credit goes to our franchisees for hanging in, fighting and, you know, following a couple simple strategies and, uh, you know, the, a lot of the credit goes to them for the rise in the unit economics, for sure. Yeah, well, and, and uh, you mentioned e-commerce. And so in franchising, e-commerce, as soon as you, uh, I hear that, my initial thought is thinking, okay, well, how do those revenues get shared, if at all? Some uh, yeah. franchisors, all e-commerce sales go back to corporate. Other franchisors, if it's in your zip codes or your kind of general territory, they can kind of figure it out. Then yeah. there might be a revenue share. So, how did you figure uh, all of that out, and here. and how did that happen for your your franchise situation? E-commerce is complicated in franchising, <laughs> very complicated. Um, I, I will say we were we were trying to stay alive. Um, it's never been our intention to try and. Uh, compete with our franchisees uh, for business. Uh, online is very complicated. Digital is very complicated. Um, and, you know, occasionally, you know, you do get somebody that goes online versus maybe going in a store. Uh, but also I will tell you with our e-com strategy, um, you know, digital marketing, you're constantly trying to grow your user base and people that sort of enter your digital world, right? So one of the other 
very, very tough decisions we made at the beginning of the pandemic was in a very difficult time and a very difficult place. Um, not only did we, you know, kind of go through the thing where we, we lost the locations, but in addition, you know, we also um, started collecting uh, a local advertising fund uh, because we weren't collecting it before and it wasn't being spent and there was no local marketing being spent. So as we go into this difficult time, we decided to ask for that fund at this time as well. So throughout the pandemic, uh, fortunately, the, the store sales increased. Um, and then in addition to, um, we were launching uh, a ton of local marketing for them as well. So Google reviews go up, uh, we're launching individual local landing pages for them and pushing everything back local. And then also with our e-com platform as well, we do push back to the local levels as well. So the whole design is to kind of try and get as much can as much as we can sort of back to the local level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think your focus on, again, it, it's, it's evident that there's a clear franchisee focus and I appreciate you going that direction. What is it, it when, when you think about your effort to focus on the franchisee, because in your scenario, it would have been very easy for you to say, well, I have to save my stores and I have to keep all the royalties coming in and no one's let, getting let out of their contract and everybody's going to pay all the fees and all the everything we've already agreed to, even though, even though business as we know it has been shaken and changed up, you know, so much has changed. Um, what was it that kind of led you to have that mindset with your franchisees in this way? Because it, it's not every franchisor or business leader is going to come in with that thing. It's very easy to think very me-centric first. So what was it that was kind of that we-centric focus for you, for your franchisees? Yeah, I think um, I think there's one main thing. Uh, we are, you know, our entire partnership group, um, it's kind of unique. We've all actually been franchisees before. Um, so we have quite a bit of franchising experience as a franchisor, uh, but also as a franchisee. Uh, so that's just generally kind of always been our mindset. Um, and in a way, like, you know, sometimes, um, you know, there's things you want to do that, that pull you back, you know, um, that mindset. And even it was a very difficult balancing act, you know, when you're just, because at the end of the day, like if the system doesn't stay up, it all comes crashing down anyways. So you're kind of inching, inching forward, inching forward, making these decisions, uh, trying to consider, you know, all angles for sure. Um, but, you know, as we head into 2022, um, you know, we're excited. We're relaunching, relaunching franchise. Uh, we are putting more uh, resources into operations. We're launching the local marketing. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to build a, a better system. On uh, a better system to to franchise as 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 we as we kind of keep moving forward here. Sure, certainly. Well, and I would imagine too, as as you've come out of this, those twenty five or so franchisees that are still in the system that are thriving now and doing well are going to help with validation. I can only imagine that to be the case. To say, well, Benjamin and the leadership team were great, and they gave us an option. They really helped us through all of these shutdowns and lockdowns and everything else that was going on in the world at the time. Yeah. I, I can only imagine that to be the case. How, how has validation changed? You know, I guess we'll know better when we get into it. Um, 
Uh, I think it's a lot better though. You know, I think one of the things that that happened when, when some of the folks exited, you know, some of them were maybe folks that were going to end up in a resale situation anyways. Um, but you know, overall, like the, I think, you know, you, you, you try and build culture in franchising. It's a little bit different than trying to build it like within a company or, or corporation, uh, cause there's different dynamics there. Um, but you know, uh, Increasing sales, uh, making sure franchisees are successful are always the things that lead to good validation. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, several great leaders on the franchisee side uh, that we're very excited about that are showing tremendous results. So, you know, feel confident as we as we get into more store openings that uh, we will get some solid validation and, and definitely look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, uh, this is a great time, Benjamin, for us to make a shift here. We ask every guest the same four questions. And the first question we ask every guest is, have you had a miss or two in your career or in your current business that you could share and something you learned from it? Yeah, I would, I'll go back to my career. Um, I, I, you know, I'm the co CEO of the company now. Um when I started my career, uh, you know, I, I, I struggled in school a lot, you know, like getting like high school, college. Um, and I think yeah. like my biggest miss is not realizing what my strengths were, you know, so I'm, I'm not going to ever be the smartest guy in the room. Um, I'm never going to score the highest on an IQ test, um, but I am very good at, you know, project managing. I'm very good at sales and development. I'm extremely good at communication, uh, have a high, I guess now the term is emotional intelligence. Um, so my miss is not even understanding what, I guess, emotional intelligence was, you know, 25 years ago, or I don't know if it was a thing then, um, but not em embracing my strengths um, and rather, you know, worrying more about like my deficiencies and where I fell short, which I think slowed me down a lot in my career and, and held me back a lot in my career until I kind of realized who I was and what I was good at. So I would say that was probably my biggest uh, miss for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and how about on the other side, let's talk about a make or two. You've had quite a career at, that, that in something you'd like to share. Yeah. I, for me, a make, um, you know, kind of goes to, you know, our company and then also it's a little bit, career as well. Uh, I started my career in franchising. It's been about 15 years ago now. Um, I started selling uh, lead generation services in franchising. Uh, so franchise portals, lead gen, uh, which is really how I learned a lot about, you know, franchise development, um, franchising, attended IFAs, you know, uh, franchise leadership conferences, um, you know, all of those things. And, um, you know, I had a really good sales career, um, was, was financially, you know, I guess pretty successful, uh, successful in my role. Um, and you know, I decided to walk away from that to start my own consulting thing, you know, cause I thought I knew enough about franchising and I could help brands grow. And I went from a nice, comfortable work from home, a couple days income, uh, to zero income, you know, um, did very did very well my my first year whoops was one of my first um clients and um you know 
in conjunction with the great team and partnership team that we have here, uh, there was, you know, just immediate synergy for us and uh, a great working relationship. Um, and we have a team of partners here that, um, you know, kind of have reciprocating skill sets that sort of complement each other. And, um, you know, landing here and then growing this brand very quickly and then almost losing it all and then getting back, um, you know, I definitely think is the big make of my career uh, so far. And hopefully there'll be some more to come. Yeah, great. I love it. I love it. And let's talk a little bit about a multiplier. And I, I love this question. We get such a great cross-section of answers from our guests. But has, what, what kind of a multiplier have you used as, as you've grown? So <clears throat> there's, there's probably two. Um, uh, on a personal level, my multiplier is, uh, I know you've you, you seen a lot of this on, on LinkedIn and everywhere else, especially at the end of the year, uh, but it's just a uh, pretty religious routine in the morning. Um, getting up early, immediate workout, kind of like getting the body moving, you know, uh, getting rid of some of the stress, getting a good sweat in, um, and just that providing better clarity for me throughout the day um, for decision making, you know, whatever else is going on, meetings, working with team members. Uh, so on a personal level, for sure, kind of that morning routine, exercise, um, trying to eat right, those, those things we see all the time, uh, they work. Um, so on a personal level, it's that, you know, on a business level, it's, it's always the people that work, you know, on your teams. Um, my mentality is kind of like the, if you follow Gary Vanderchuk, it's like work for your team. Um, you know, I've spent the last <laughs> two weeks all day long trying to figure out better ways for people on our teams to be successful, maximize their potential. Um, when we look at, you know, a lot of the goals that I look at aren't necessarily my goals, but, you know, uh, for example, like um, one of the gentlemen on my sales team, you know, wants to buy a beach house when he retires and I want to help him buy a beach house, you know? Um, so, you know, having people that believe in you and that you, you work for, you know, are, are huge multipliers in, 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 in life and in your business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the final question, Benjamin, we'd like to ask every guest is what does success mean to you? Yeah. You know, um, it's definitely not financially uh, driven for me. Um, success for me is really just waking up and doing what I want to do every day. You know, um, you know, I'm very fortunate, you know, we, we work very hard and we get up and work very hard every day, but in the day, like it's getting up and, 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 and doing what you want to do every day. Um, and the other kind of part B to the answer is it, it gets back to like the, the previous question. Um, seeing, you know, uh, a junior level person go to a senior level person and helping them get there, seeing someone in your, your sales team have a successful month or quarter and helping them get there. Um, and just seeing, you know, the people in your organization have success uh, for sure is definitely a driver for me and definitely what I would define as success without a question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Benjamin, as we bring this to a close, is there anything you were maybe hoping to share or get across that you haven't had a chance to? 
Um, I don't, I don't think I've missed in, uh, anything. I'm, I'm, you know, excited. You know, I mentioned this a little earlier that we are franchising again here in 2022, uh, which is the space that we're all in. Um, I honestly, you know, sat here in, in March of 2020 and I, not sure whether I would have ever said that again. Uh, so we're super excited about that. Um, we're wrapping up a few things uh, legally and uh, getting some more marketing systems together. But um, excited to be franchising the brand. Um, excited to be franchising a better model than we franchised uh, uh, pre-pandemic and, and very proud of our team for getting us to this point uh, to be able to do that again. Benjamin, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when Benjamin shared with us that they had grown to about 50 franchise locations, and they had done that quickly through a small kiosk-based model with 80% of those locations based in malls. And I think the takeaway there is be prepared. You never know what might be coming your way. Takeaway number two is that they, when the coronavirus went into full force and the shutdowns were happening, they gave their franchisees the opportunity to exit out of their business or exit out of the franchise with no penalty. And they lost 25 locations and half their revenue during that time period. I thought that was an interesting take just to allow the franchisees to get out um, penalty-free. And takeaway number three is that they looked at two areas for growth opportunities that they hyper-focused on for their franchisees. Number one was Google reviews, and number two was increasing the average ticket price. And when they focused on those two areas, their average franchisee increased one and a half times over pre-pandemic numbers. I thought that was just a fantastic takeaway in terms of what being focused can do for you. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win comes from when Benjamin and his team became hyper-focused on franchisee success and franchisee success metrics. I found it very interesting that at a time when it would be very easy to be me-focused as the franchisor, Benjamin and his team decided to be we-focused with the franchisees. And that focus allowed them to grow, increase average unit economics, develop new offerings, their e-commerce business, their corporate accounts and corporate gifting business, and put that in a great position, the company, into a great spot to continue to grow and move forward. And so that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in. and We look forward to having you back next week.